Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. The digital revolution is in full swing. And as we all know, uh, we've heard for many years that people are a company's most important asset. And I think that is too often said, not often enough practiced. So one of our new monthly digital all-stars is Pat Fitzgerald, who's a world-class recruiter. He has been at Siebel, he's been at SAP, he started his own company several years ago, and Pat gets to work with some of the world's top companies in bringing great talent into those organizations. And he's gonna share some of his insights with us on a regular basis here. Pat, welcome to Cloud Wars Live. It's always a pleasure to see you. Thank you, Bob, great to see you again. And full disclosure, when I uh, worked at SAP in 2011, that's where I met Pat. He was actually the guiding light that brought me in. And uh, we've been friends ever since then. But Pat, you had some really interesting, I think, provocative thoughts today, right? The world's gone digital. Social is uh, the way that uh, social media, a lot of people almost, I, I think, you know, to a perhaps not the best uh you know, outcome always that their lives are run through social media, right? So, and, you know, we get that a lot of us though use it, you know, here and there for some point, you had some interesting thoughts about how in the world of talent and recruiting that maybe the tilt toward um, social recruiting has gone too far. So Pat, tell us a little bit about that. And then where you think the healthy balance is as every company tries to bring great talent into, into its organization. Great. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. So uh, as, as we all know, it, particularly in recruiting from the old school, the old networking side before the internet, um, social recruiting and certainly social media, the internet has had the most profound impact and, and in more ways than not, very positive impact on our space. Um, I am by nature a recruiter. I love recruiting. I've managed big teams, but for me, I've always gone at it from a uh, knowledge base. I've always believed, Bob, that if I'm going to call Bob Evans cold, I need to have some information to share with Bob. Because if, if I'm going to actually get you to lean in with me, I want to be able to do my research. And the internet has really provided that. Social media has provided even a greater avenue for all of us recruiters out there to really be able to get more details around you, your company, your, your, your personal life and what have you. So I've always believed, as you know, I'm a salesman more than I'm, you know, than I'm anything, that in order for me to get you to talk, I should have some information to share with you. Talk about your current employer, your boss, whatever. And so social recruiting and social media has had a massive impact and a very positive impact. But what we're finding, Mark and I, my partner and I are finding with some of our clients, particularly the mid-tier and smaller clients is that they've, they've just either incorporated or allowed, don't know the right term, um, really their recruiting model to become all social recruiting. Mm -hmm. um, I, I find that to be challenging. And because at the same time, they start building in a lot of programs, they, they, they buy very elaborate, applicant tracking, ATS systems, uh, they, they, they engage consultancies around employee branding. So there's an awful lot of money being spent, certainly on the analytics of you know, recruiting. What I'm advocating is a balance. A balance of, we've been talking in terms of um, taking a recruiting model from a passive to an active recruiter model incorporating social recruiting and social media, 
but also incorporating some of the old school mentality around branding and more importantly, personal networks. Uh, I don't like email. My personal preferences, I like to call people. I like to speak with people. Uh, I, I feel more confident there. There's other recruiters that I admire that, that are brilliant it, it, you know, in mails and, and, and emails and what have you. It's their, it's their model. So it doesn't really matter what style you have, but it's that personal connection that we're, that we're really pushing uh, with many of our clients. Uh, we're now able to consult with several clients around their talent acquisition strategy, and we partner heavily with the chief people officer, with their HR business partners, structured by line of business. But what we want to incorporate in these models is um, recruiters that are content rich, that know their space. A sales recruiter in the tech world is a sales recruiter. An engineering recruiter in the tech world is an engineering recruiter. They have different networks if they're, if they're using the, the active recruiting model. And so and allowing for our clients to really um, be able to move a, you know, a, a correctly into um, more of a personal networking. And as we all know, that entails an awful lot of collaboration, high collaboration with those recruiters that ultimately become strategic, that get embedded in the line of business of the client, that provide market and, and competitor intelligence, mm -hmm. knowledge, domain expertise, but also um, being able to be strategic within the chief people officers organization, collaborating heavily with the line of business, HR business partner, with the learning and development team. And we can talk a little bit at the end about executive recruiting really being tied to learning and development closer than ever before in a model that we think is going to really allow for a much better opportunity of leadership attraction and development and, and, and assessment, being able to know where those, uh, those needs are progressively versus waiting for the, you know, for the crisis to occur. Mm -hmm. But then also tying recruiters with total rewards with, and naturally getting the recruiter to really have the knowledge of how to utilize the internal analytics of the ATS. In many models, there's a debate today, and, and I'm an advocate of coordinators, but there's a huge debate in my world about do you, when you back up a strong active recruiter, do you back them up with a sourcer or do you back them up with a coordinator? Mm -hmm. it, depending upon the size of the company and, and the number of duplicate headcounts, that could be a sourcer, but if it's unique, if it's a mid-tier or smaller company, the quarter might be a better avenue because if you look today, what I'm hearing from a lot of my better recruiters that are out at our clients, the ATSs are very labor intensive. Some of these recruiters are sharing with us, they spend 25 to 40% of their week in the ATS managing the candidate activity, which is, a, is essential. <laughs> The ATS is, is absolutely a very important component because it allows for the client to see activity through a standardized reporting. We have to have that. So there's no downside to it. But the question is, do you, put, do you back that, that, rec, that active recruiter that has a rec load of 35, 40 recs on a quarterly basis, do you back them up with a sourcer or do you back them up with a coordinator? Uh -huh. 
there's a there's an interesting debate out there. Anyways, so I've been rambling. Sorry. Let me uh, let me flip it back to you. Any direction you want to move? Because this is a huge passion of mine, and I I love this discussion. Um, and if we can coin a new phrase, moving a, a client from passive to active recruiting model is uh, is the right way to go. Yeah. So Pat, <clears throat> how about if I'm one of those uh, you know the smaller mid-sized clients where you said you've seen some of this over rotation towards social what if i say to you you know you advise me to try to get more of a balance i say pat you don't get it you know this is the digital economy this is the new world people don't want to be part of a network uh, other than a social media network you know what do you how do you push back well because i'm still an active recruiter doing searches i find that when I talk to a candidate, they all respond very positively to direct interaction and, and, and direct information, right? If I'm an active recruiter, uh, you know, recruiting an account rep or an executive vice president, doesn't matter. Those individuals want personal information. It's, it's so what we're suggesting is, is, you look at a good recruiter today, and unfortunately in a social recruiting model, they're really tactical. They're not, you're not assessing or developing that individual recruiter's EQ or IQ like you would a business partner or a total rewards leader or a line of business executive. That's to me a mistake. The mistake here is taking that recruiter and enabling them with huge information embedding them in the client's management team. So that recruiter knows the manager's style, culture, clock speed, scale, so that that recruiter can do two things. One, do a better assessment of the candidates and make sure that that hiring manager sees only the right qualified candidates. But two, is giving those candidates a much more personal touch and giving them a lot more information than they get through the active, the, the passive social recruiting checklist, right? You've seen it, right? Yeah. We all we all have heard that if you want to apply for a job, you got to fill out this, this data online. It doesn't give you any of the personal information, the characteristics of the company. It just gives you the tactical job description. Yeah. So I, I feel strongly that that interaction, and then we can talk about how that leads to a better relationship with the candidates so that you can actually say to that candidate, as much as you are talented, you're the wrong person for this job. And I believe strongly, Bob, and this is me, and I, I know there's a lot of my peers out there that also believe this, by treating that candidate with respect and, and giving them information, they walk away feeling as though they've been treated fairly and properly. They walk away with a much more educated reason why they have or have not been put forward. And I've always said it to my recruiters, treat the candidates well. <clears throat> and in the end, when you turn them down, they still feel like you're someone that's been their biggest advocate through the yeah. process. And they're always willing to refer other people to you because you've treated them with respect. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, does... It, you know, in some ways it seems like a perfect lesson from life, uh, yeah. you know, more broadly. Pat, give me a second here. We're going to uh, share a word from our sponsor, BMC. 
BMC wants to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A game. So, Patrick, one of the things that you, you sort of touched on there that, you know, in some cases, it's a very talented person, but not a good fit for the spot. On the other hand, you know, there, there are cases where you've got this active give and take role there. Those, that person feels like I'm learning more and more about the organization. I feel like they really value me here. And it's a mix of the social and personal, as you've described it. Then they get into the company. I think, right, they're going to come in with a better feeling Yes. about that company and you you had uh, you've talked some about this important about sort of a, an organic employee branding versus sort of a program that says here let's let's pour this in and you know everybody's going to love it and so i feel that in the marketplace today there are a few unique companies out there we won't name them that really have figured this out and the, the engagement that they have, which also includes a buttoned up process. All of this has to also partner up with an onboarding process, a, a new hire engagement process, an internal academy learning and development process, collaboration, key mm -hmm. for us to be able to do that. There are companies out there that really have figured that out. Many of them are tiny or small companies, but they've just done it brilliantly. And because of it, what I see is, is those new hires are actively out in social media, all of the platforms talking about how excited they are, not only to join, but then after they join, how excited they are to be a part of those companies. Mm -hmm. That's organic branding. Mm -hmm. There's no many, there's no CMO marketing money spent. There will be in branding for sure down the road, but ultimately that's employee, you know, that's the employee branding. You really can't pay for you can't buy and so because of it <clears throat> we need to take a good a better look at the ability of that recruiter to really do the right things again backing them up with brilliant processes single point processes that allow for our globalization so that the same action happens in europe as it does in asia as it does in the us mm -hmm. when it comes to the same onboarding and hiring um, so you can't have one without the other, Bob. That's the that's the key. And when you do it right, that organic branding, um, like I say, is just brilliant. It's just the most fun thing to watch. I read with great enthusiasm, you know, those young people, the new hires with some of these companies that I follow, and and just how excited they are. Even six months in, they're still out there actively, you know, promoting the company and their and what they're learning and the teammates and their leadership management uh, style of that company. It's just, it's just wonderful to see. So they're, uh, they become informal recruiters, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They're out referring as many friends or in, and I, you know, this as well as I do probably better than I do in social media, you have so many more connections today that they want to know more if they're a grad or just getting out of school and they're following that, that young person that got hired a year ago, they're the ones that are actively out there talking about, you should come to our company. Here's the link, here's the website. And it's all done through social media. 
Hey, Pat, before we go, I wanted to, um, to ask you a, a question that it, it touches on this a little bit, but it's a little broader. You, you've had the chance to deal with people from, you know, all different sort of companies that uh, every industry, you know, signing in, doing a lot of work in tech, but certainly other places like that. I, I do think it's just astounding still these days that when everybody will sort of agree with the line, you know, they say, hey, I mentioned the beginning and people are our most important asset. We say it, but they don't always live up to that. Correct. And I think that one of the issues around that is this, this, uh, to me, it seems, Pat, like not quite a, a you know, uh, a, an industrial revolution age, but um, certainly a 20th century thing of front office, back office. Mm -hmm. HR is a back office function in that traditional definition. Mm -hmm. I just think that is, so the same executives who talk about, uh, you know, people are our most important asset, but then they say, oh, HR, that's a back office function. That's a support mm -hmm. function. Great. When some of these companies were, you know, starting to say, uh, well, we're thinking about moving into the cloud. We can't do a production system there, but we'll use something, you know, back office. We'll, we'll do some tests with HR. Right. And right. I just, I think this back office, front office, that language and that mindset, I think that is killing it the is. ability of some companies to compete. You know, how can you, how can you make the you know the recruiting function and that first interface you have with the HR team, be a, a glowing endorsement for the company when you know it's stamped on their foreheads from the from the CEO that you're a back office. So anyway, sorry yeah. for the ramble, but I'd love That's to okay. hear your thoughts on that. Well, the challenge is is that, and particularly in the mid tier and smaller companies, it's it's about budget. So if they bring in a brilliant chief HR officer or chief people officer, that person naturally has all those ideas around enabling it and making it more strategic. Really, the big dilemma you have, though, Bob, is is that that company is probably very comfortable having an HR budget that's small, doesn't include learning and development. It doesn't include, uh, you know, truly a total rewards organization that goes out and does market research. It doesn't include a strategic recruiting model. Um, and so in order to get to that next level, this is where that, you know, your, your words need to be backed up with your actions. Yeah. If you believe like friends of ours who are CEOs that we have great respect for, that when they say, you know, my biggest asset is my people, there are people that you and I have worked with that know very well how to make that happen by putting the right budget into it. But there are a lot of companies out there that struggle with that budget. I, I worry that in order to take a company that sees HR and the whole people side of it as a back office, the budget's going to be double or greater, and that's going to be a challenge. Yeah. But the result will be much more efficiency you know, much more revenue per desk, per employee, a bigger, you know, a better engagement model. Um, it, it all has to do with, um, one, the ability of the executives to see the real future of the company and the talent that they need and how to develop it. And then to take, a, bring in a truly innovative, disruptive HR leader. And there are many out there today. And, and frankly, you know this, in our brief period of time over the last, I don't know, eight, 10 years, we've seen HR become much more strategic. Yeah. And then we've, we've also seen learning and development become a key component to it. Yeah. If you mix it with the right assessments, 
then you're really building really long-term development programs for high potentials and key executives to really advance into the, the, the model that, you know, that GE built years ago. Yeah. It's coming yeah. back. Yeah, Pat, I just, every time I, <clears throat> I hear that or that somebody these days would talk about uh, <laughs> manufacturing or procurement or finances backups, I just don't get it anymore. But it seems to me that people who have that mindset should be forced to wear a t-shirt that, that says, you know, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Right? It's just, <laughs> that's what you think, huh? Exactly. Yeah, that's true. It's very, but, very true. And Pat, you said it a minute ago, right? You know, if, if you are not able to back up your words with actions, people will see that very quickly. And yep. that that's not going to be a good impression for your organization. And uh, they're not going to well, stay long. Talk, we talked earlier about <laughs> organic branding. That's organic <laughs> destruction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to say it. it yeah. the, the, the good and the bad reality of, of our world that we're in today, the, the, the social media world is that, and we know this, you know, unfortunately, the old adage of 80-20 still prevails even in social media, right? Two people tell you good things, eight people tell you bad things. Yeah. And, and, and so if you're a company that frankly challenged or struggles with really enabling your talent to achieve, it's going to get out there and it's going to hurt, you know, hurt you much faster than it ever did before, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, Patrick, thank you. This, it, it's, uh, <clears throat> I think, you know, one of the reasons I think it's so important that, that you're uh, on here to share some of your insights is, you know, this is the, that that war for talent is not letting up, right? It's it's getting more intense all the time, and uh, the range of things, not just salespeople and product builders, and but now the whole thing with developers and on things oh. like that, and then to find the executives who have that wide range view and are able to adapt to the incredible changes taking place in the world. So it's such a dynamic field, Pat. And thanks for being on and sharing, you know, some strategic insights with everybody. And please, Pat, tell folks where they could get in touch with you or learn more about what you and your company do. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. And, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I found as I talk to my peers and my contemporaries in the marketplace, there are a lot of very passionate talent leaders out there that want to be at the right company and under the right disruption when it comes to the whole HR model. Um, we are a, a company called CareerAv. Uh, CareerAv.com is our website. Um, my partner and I, Mark Hatfield, uh, do executive recruiting, contingent recruiting. We do RPO, but we also do strategic consulting for talent acquisition for mid-tier and, and larger companies. Uh, we're very excited to be able to, to engage and partner with uh, some of the most exciting companies in the marketplace. Uh, and we'd gladly love to be able to engage with others that might want to reach out to us through the website and find out what we can do to help. Perfect. Perfect, Pat. Thanks so much, Pat. Great to see you and uh, look forward to seeing you next month. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate the invite as always. Really appreciate your, uh, your guidance through this process also. Of course, of course. And to all of you, thanks for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. We'll see you again soon. Be careful out there. The digital revolution is rolling along fast, so keep moving quickly. See ya.